today on Real Life Radio. You got a thousand reasons why God can't use you and a hundred thousand reasons why God won't love you. And you're wrong on every point. He's nuts about you. And you offer up your excuse, he's not listening to you. It should spawn true worship. Oh God, you fall at his feet. Lord, I will worship you all the days of my life because Lord, I don't see how you see this, but you see a diamond in the rough and I'm blessed by you. Welcome to Real Life Radio with Pastor Jack Hibbs. I'm David J. thanking you for joining us today as we listen, learn, and are challenged by God's Word, the Bible. On today's edition of Real Life Radio, Pastor Jack now continues his series called The Gospel of Luke with a message called What to Do When Jesus Calls. Now, the Gospel of Luke is a series that gives us both the humanity and the divinity of Jesus himself, as only Luke, the physician, really could. Here in chapter 5, we'll find Jesus teaching the Word of God and performing more miracles for those in need of healing. You see, the people loved to hear Jesus teach along the shore of Galilee. Many responded to his call, including Peter and the disciples. They were attracted by the beauty of what was being said. Jesus was giving them what they needed back then and what we still need today, to see and hear the heart of God. So today on this part of the message, Pastor Jack goes on to say that when we live a life for God, we are accepting his forgiveness and grace. To hand over our sins to Jesus is to invite him into our lives. To break away from our own selfish desires is to embrace the new life that he wants to give us. Now in his message called, What to Do When Jesus Calls, here's pastor and Bible teacher, Jack Hibbs. Think about Jonah. He's just my favorite because he's so much like me, like us. God says, do this. And he goes, okay. (laughs) And he leaves. God says, go left. And Jonah goes right. I told you we have this dog. Jonah, come here. And he takes off. Jonah, take off. He comes here. Jonah, the prophet, was like that. He saw God do tremendous things, greatest revival in the history of mankind through a reluctant prophet. And then the Paul, the Apostle Paul, who was Saul, exposed to the glory of Christ on that Damascus road as he was heading up to Syria, exposed to the opportunities and invitations of God. It'd be yours, it'd be mine, if we're willing to hear the call from Jesus. Not only, listen, not only this, but we're humbled. Look at verse five. When we obey him, we're humbled. This is a good thing. It says, but Simon Peter answered and said to Jesus, master, can you circle the word master in your Bible right there? It's not normal. Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. The word master here is not teacher, master, teacher, like rabbi. Peter's catching on ever so slowly. He uses the word master. It means this. Ship captain, skipper, it's, whose boat is it? Peter's boat. But he turns and calls the carpenter Jesus, master of the boat, skipper of the boat. That's pretty cool. I tell you guys over and over again, I'm not the pastor of this church. Who's the pastor of this church? Jesus is. I'm a sheepdog at best. Jesus is the pastor. Peter's saying, hey, it's my boat, but you're the, you're, you're the skipper. You're the captain. Isn't that a great attitude? He's starting to come around. Watch what happens. What's implied here is a pause. Master, we've toiled all night. We've got nothing. I know you're God in the flesh. Let me tell you something you may not know about. We fished. We got nothing. Jesus knows exactly what happened. 
or what didn't happen during the night. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down a net. Can you, wouldn't you love to see the expressions? What did that, how did that happen? Peter, let's put the boat out. Let's get some fish. Come on, let's do it. It's going to be great. Skipper, I fished all night. Caught nothing. They're not biting. There's a pause. Why? Did Jesus look at him like, no, I don't think so. I think Jesus might have looked at him with a smile. A smile that communicated, Peter, I'm not going away. <laughs> okay, let's go fishing. I'm not leaving. The net over the side. Let's do it. <laughs> Peter says, nevertheless, at your word, I'll let down the net. Now, you're going to need to get your highlighter ready. Can you look at your Bible? The letters are written in red. What did Jesus say to Peter exactly? Launch out and let down the what? Can you say it louder? Nets. Read what Peter says. Nevertheless, at your word, I will what? Let down the what? Net. Not nets. Net. Peter is following Jesus half-heartedly on this. Let down the nets. Peter says, I'll let down the net. It's in the singular. In the original Greek, it's plural. Jesus says nets. Peter says net. He said, what's the big deal? It's a huge deal. Well, can I obey God kinda? <laughs> can I obey God sorta? I mean, you know, I mean, I know my girlfriend and I are having sex, but we love each other. Oh, change the Bible then. Just tear out those pages. Oh, come on, we know what's with God anyway. Trying to keep you from getting killed? Trying to keep you from messing up your life? Hey, I'm a really decent businessman. I just cheated my income tax. Bless me, God. God says, I'm not going to do that. Yeah, I know the government spends money on procreation of Peruvian leapfrogs. I know all that stuff. I don't, I don't agree with the way this, God, they'll have to stand before God in the end for that. We're to obey him. And when we don't, we're to ask God to forgive us. Peter looks pretty good. He's got a net and he throws it over the side. The problem was he didn't have nets. Jesus said nets. How often do you and I limit God when he says, go do this thing? And we have such a small view. Have you ever looked, looked at somebody in a straw, through a straw? All you see is their head. There's a lot more of them than their head. The world's really bigger than the straw you're looking through. Peter was looking through a straw. And the part of it is he knew his, his career. He knew that lake. He knew that fish don't bite during the day, especially when they don't bite at night. So you know what? It's not going to work. I'll just throw out a net to what? To appease the master. Little did he know that God was in the boat. Whenever God moves in our lives, are we not humbled? When somebody says, well, look at that. And did you see what happened? How'd you do that? When God's at work, you can't explain it. And you're the one most shocked about it. When God's at work and you're the closest to what happened, you're the one blown away the most. And you try to act like you know what's going on. <laughs> Inside you're going, how did that ever happen? <laughs> when God's moving, it's almost, if not impossible to explain it. This is amazing. And so, Peter is about to be humbled. When we obey God, we will be humbled. And uh, Peter, in a sense, by action, maybe not by word, is offering up an excuse. 
Here's my excuse. I'll throw in a net. You know what? Moses offered excuses. Remember what Moses told God? I can't work for you, God. I stutter. And yet you know his name today and his actions are written in the Bible. Jeremiah, the prophet, told God, you can't use me. I'm a teenager. God used him. Gideon, God, he told God, you can't use me. I'm a coward. God used him. I mentioned Jonah earlier. Jonah's a funny guy because he got got all upset with God because he hated the Ninevites. Modern day Iraqis. And God sends him there. And again, it was the greatest salvation message ever preached in the history of the world. Obedience to God. It's an amazing thing. Look with me in verse 5. He says, nevertheless, at your will, I will let down the net. And so Peter is going through this and uh, he's obeying to some degree. But verses 6 and 7 tells us that when we obey God, we're blessed. Peter's blessed. It says, and when they had done this, can you mark that? When they had done this. I have that marked in my Bible. They were blessed in their obedience. It says that when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish so that the net was breaking. So you should have had more than one net. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and to help them. And they came and filled both the boats until the boats began to sink. (laughs) Isn't this great? Can you imagine Peter scooping up these fish? I should have let down more nets. You ever been someplace when God's really doing it? And you should have said, I, I should have come here sooner. I should have been there quicker. You know what I'm saying? I should have got this thing, whatever. Should have, should have, would have, could have. Amazing. We don't need to worry when God's moving. Does it, are things disrupted? Yeah, but God's at work. We get messed up when we forget that he's still on the throne. And we're just little people. He's awesome. And so... <laughs> He motions to his partners, get over here. I don't know what he gave, what kind of signal. It says he signals them. It's like the international fisherman signal for, I've got Jesus in my boat. We are blessed. Get over here quick. And they came and the boats began to sink. I would have loved to have seen this happen. By the way, these boats, they've been unearthed. Uh, there's a boat right now, many of you have seen uh, there in Israel, they've unearthed. It's called the Jesus boat. The reason why it's called the Jesus boat, it's not necessarily Jesus' boat or Peter's boat, but it's exactly the fishing boat uh, that was in existence. And this boat was in existence at the very time of Christ. They've been able to date it back. And uh, it's a Jesus boat. It's about uh, 8 to 10 feet wide and about 23 feet long. And it was a fishing boat that would allow them to go into deep water and to and also shallow water. And so they were blessed. In church, there's no substitute. And I want you to hear me on this. There's no substitute uh, for obedience. God blesses obedience. There's no doubt about it. Please, please hear this. Uh, he blesses obedience. Some of you young people, you're so wonderful. You're dedicated to God. You love the Lord. And you're holding out. Still a virgin. Or since you've come to Christ, you've become a virgin again. That's, that can only happen through Jesus. And you've given your life to God now, and you're going through your junior and senior year of high school, and you're devoted to God. God will bless your obedience. Those of you now, you, you, you've said, Lord, I'm going to do this thing. This year, I'm going to pursue this thing to your glory, and God, God will bless you. When you obey him, he will bless you. There's no substitute. Many times we suffer as Christians because we're not obeying God. As, as the obedience is some bummer. See, we, we confuse obedience with, with tyranny. 
Oh, that guy told me what to do. You know what? First of all, we need to be careful. We're not stubborn and rebellious of heart because we're prone to be that way naturally. Obedience is supposed to be required of us for our own good. You all understand that? That's the premise of it. But it's been commandeered and it's been made a bad thing. But watch this. In the context of God and your Bible and your relationship with God, check this out. When the Lord says, obey me, to obey is better than sacrifice. What that means is in the, in the book of Samuel is just obey what I'm telling you to do. Be blessed and be happy instead of having to keep running back and offering up a poor animal for your continued goof ups. Just be happy. And that happiness comes by obedience to me, the Lord says. Now watch this. Are we not supposed to be in a relationship with Christ? It's not religion. It's a relationship. Religion is robotic. You and I religiously do, we religiously put our pants on every day. That's the right use of the word. I religiously do this. Are you with me? God came and broke all that with relationship. He threw that out the window and he said, let's sit down and talk together, you and I. I'll speak to you, you speak to me. Let's get up, let's go do, let's see what's happening. I'm going to give you my heart and my mind and my will. It's a relationship, so check this out. God says, obey me and live. <laughs> he didn't say, obey me and die. Okay? He's not a terrorist, God. Obey me and die. He says, obey me and live. So? This is important. When you love one another, and as Peter's coming to love Christ, he saw Jesus do miracles. Earlier, Jesus healed Peter's mother-in-law. In a moment, he's going to cry out in response and obedience to what he's seen. Obedience should be covered and circled with love, in love. Those of you who are married... You know that the Bible says that husbands ought to submit to the Lord and the husband and wife should submit to the Lord and the wife should submit to the husband. Now watch this. That's what it says. You say, oh man, I don't like that. Well, the reason why you don't like it is because you don't have a good representation of what it means. <laughs> if a husband loves his wife and the wife loves the husband, you don't wake up in the morning. And by the way, if you've got a marriage that's working this way, you don't argue with each other about about power struggles. You love one another. So, for example, you don't wake up in the morning and say, honey, hi, good morning, sweetie. Remember, the Bible says you got to submit to me today, so you be submissive, okay? <laughs> You'll be in trouble. <laughs> but if you love one another, you don't even bring up the word. Why? It's happening. He's submitting to God. He's listening to the Lord, and the Lord is saying, I want you to spoil her rotten today. She's all She's all happy. You don't even bring up the word. When there's a relationship with God, you don't say, man, I got to go obey God now. You don't talk like that. You don't think like that. Is it painful? Yeah. Does it cost something to obey him? Yeah. But you know what? His love and his presence is so awesome. It's a glad thing. It's a glad thing to let down the net. Okay, we're going to rush through verses 8 through 11. What to do when Jesus calls... Thirdly, it's this, do what he calls us to do. To do it, and to do it means this, to live out true worship. 
Look at verses 8 and 9. If we're going to do what he's calling us to do, it's going to mean that we're going to be worshiping God truly. It says, when Simon Peter saw it, that's the miracle, saw all these things that happened, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of the fish that they had taken. This is an amazing thing. Peter confesses. He realizes God's in his boat. And true worship happens. Church, listen carefully to this. True worship can only happen when we get a clear view of God. And Peter falls down at the knees of Jesus and says, depart from me. He's saying, I'm the sinner. You're pure. You got to go away from me. Don't be in my presence. I am nothing. And when a heart comes to that realization, the agony of self-morality, I'm nothing, God. Why should you even love me? Like a king who is in love with a, the town village girl. There's nothing she can do to sway him. God looks upon you and you've got all these reasons. Depart from me, Lord. I'm a sinful woman. I'm a sinful man. And he's, and he's there with you. He's in the boat. He's not leaving. In fact, he even encourages you. And he says, you know what? From here on out, you and I are going to be together from here on out. Lord, depart from me. I'm not perfect. That doesn't put God off. You got a thousand reasons why God can't use you and a hundred thousand reasons why God won't love you. And you're wrong on every point. He's nuts about you. And you offer up your excuse, he's not listening to you. It should spawn true worship. Oh God, you fall at his feet. Lord, I will worship you all the days of my life because, Lord, I don't see how you see this, but you see a diamond in the rough and I'm blessed by you. It says that Peter fell down at Jesus' knees. This may or may not bless you. It, it, it blessed me and maybe it was only supposed to be for me. I didn't read it anywhere. I didn't hear it anywhere. When he fell down at Jesus' knees, I thought, well, that's a weird thing. He fell down at Jesus' knees. How do you fall down at somebody's knees? Well, first of all, where are they? They're in a boat. If Jesus is on his knees in a boat, then that means he's near the side of the boat. Right? If you fall down at Jesus' knees, that means your face is on the deck of the boat. Your face is on the wood. Fish guts, scales. Jesus' knees, you know what it implies. You look at this. Jesus is also bringing in the net with the rest of the guys. He's on his knees pulling the net in. And that blessed my heart because, it, and again, it may not bless you, it blesses me. The Lord spoke to my heart, Jack, there's a blessing in service. Just keep serving me, Jack. Don't become weary at well-doing. Keep going because I'm right down there on my knees pulling with you. Whatever you're doing, wherever you're at for my name, Jack, I'm not going to let it slack. I'm not going to let it diminish. I'm not going to let it be forgotten. Others might forget. I won't forget, Jack. I'm on my knees with you. And I'm going to pull the nets in. Or I'm going to walk with you, Jack, or I'm going to go to that place, or I'm going to do that thing with you. So the Lord speaks to my heart and says, Jack, get up. What are we going to do today? Excuse me, Lord, what are, what, what are you going to do today? No, Jack, what are you going to do today? Because wherever you go, I'm going with you. And you need to understand that. You want to experience more of God? Oh, yes, I do. Then get in a boat and start pulling fish into the boat. Or go where Jesus is moving. See, we want to sit there with our remote in our hand and, a, and get a constant fill up and never leave our recliner and say, bless me, God. And God says, drop that junk. Get up off your rear end and find out where I'm at and then you'll find out what I'm all about. 
and you will be blessed. You'll be blown away. And so the scriptures tell us that verse 10, we learn servant leadership. Truly, we learn servant leadership. It says, I love these guys. And James and John, the sons of Zebedee. You got to do a study on these guys. It's wild. James and John. James and John, disciples. Sons of Zebedee. That's a great name. Who were partners with Peter. And Jesus said to Simon or to Peter, do not be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. Will you mark that? Catch men. And the words, they're compound words in the Greek brought together. It means this. From now on, you guys. From now on, you're going to go fishing for the souls of men. And when you catch them, you're going to turn them loose. And then they'll live. Catch and release. This is the first one ever. Program in all of history. The word in the Greek compound together means go catch men. And when you bring them in, then and only then will they be able to really live their lives. I'll make you fishers of men. It doesn't mean you go catch them to make your church bigger. It doesn't mean you catch them because you put a notch on your belt. I've led these many guys to the Lord this week. It means you catch them, you give them Christ, and you let them go. And then they'll be able to live. It implies right now that without Christ, they're not living. Servant leadership. And it caught the eyes of James and John. James and John were fun guys because very quickly, these guys, you think, well, these guys are just pushovers. These guys, James and John, uh, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, were known as the sons of Boanerges, the sons of thunder. The sons of thunder. The word sons of thunder in the Greek means sons of commotion, sons of trouble, sons of terror. James and John, whenever there was a fight, it was James and John. These were gnarly fishermen, business partners with Peter, sons of thunder. That's their names. Amazing. Whenever they're at, they're just trouble. Can you imagine the mom's name in these guys? James and John, you guys have nicknames. You're sons of terror. Wow. Peter's probably got a wooden boat, simple boat. These guys had probably a black boat with red flames on the side. <laughs> they had black leather robes and black donkeys with tinted windows. They were bad guys. And they got hooked by God. They became the great John, the author of the Gospel of John. John, the author of the book of Revelation. And then we end here. So verse 11, when they had brought their boats to land, they forsook all and followed him, followed Jesus. Father, we thank you for your truth, for your word is truth. We thank you, Father, for these recorded events in the Bible that might bring us hope. Lord, this morning, none of us None of us are exempt from living a life that this story, though 2,000 years removed, could be changed and altered to apply to our day today in this 21st century. Pastor and Bible teacher, Jack Hibbs, here on Real Life Radio, with a message called, What to Do When Jesus Calls. Thank you for being with us today. You know, this message, What to Do When Jesus Calls, is part of Pastor Jack's new series called The Gospel of Luke. It's a series on the book of Luke and the unveiling of Jesus Christ to this world. And we'll continue on the next edition of Real Life Radio. Hey, did you know that our nation's beginning wasn't just a time when everything was new and full of promise? You know, best-selling author Nathaniel Philbrick brings to light the real story behind the myth that everything was going as smooth as could be. The book's called Mayflower Voyage Community War. Philbrick helps us make sense of the convoluted mess our nation is in today 
by giving us the true picture of the history of Plymouth Colony. Instead of the story we already know, Philbrick gives us the story that we need to know. So pick up a copy of Mayflower Voyage Community War by Nathaniel Philbrick and find out what really happened in the troubling and complex beginning of America. Our book of the month, Mayflower Voyage Community War by Nathaniel Philbrick, is yours today for a gift of any amount. And it's available at our website, jackhibbs.com. That's jackhibbs.com. This program is made possible by the generous contributions of you, our listeners. Visit us at jackhibbs.com. That's jackhibbs.com. Until next time, Pastor Jack Hibbs and all of us here at Real Life Radio wish for you solid and steady growth in Christ and in His Word. We'll see you next time here on Real Life Radio.